you, Lord, for the spirit of liberty. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So we proclaim liberty in our spirits, our souls, and in our bodies. Thank you for moving in this service today. We give you praise, Lord. As we approach your word, we approach it with awe. We approach it with reverence. And Lord, as we receive communion today, we shout praise for the blood has been shed. The body has been broken and there is healing for all. And Lord, we give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated and we want to also acknowledge any first-time guests that... Uh, you already did that. I must have been in the back. All right. Open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. And let's notice in verse 6 and verse 7. We are in a series just entitled Abound. This morning we're going to talk a little while about abounding with thanksgiving. We scratched the surface on it last week, but we're going to go a little bit deeper today. In Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7... As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him, rooted and built up in Him. I love that phrase, in Him. Did you know that those that are born again are in Christ? And that we are in Him, and Him is in us? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And so it goes on to say, rooted and built up in Him and established or established in the faith. You could say it this way, established in the word, with your roots deeply planted in the word of the living God. When you are established in the faith, you will have an established heart. Your heart will be fixed, your heart will be settled, and you will be known as a person that trusts in the Lord with all of your heart. So that when bad news comes and evil tidings come, we can say, we shall not be, we shall not be moved because we are established in the faith. Amen? Amen? So once you get the word of faith and once you get faith in your heart, keep feeding it. Keep feeding it. Keep feeding it. For faith, it comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Established in the faith, as you have been taught. How many of you have ever been taught anything about the Word? Amen. As you have been taught. Now notice this phrase, abounding therein. Abounding therein. In other words, there must be an overflow which comes by being established in the Word of God, therein with thanksgiving. In other words, you get the Word of God in your heart, you feed it on a regular basis, and you say, Oh, thank you, Lord. I am going to copiously, I am going to overflow, I am going to team over with thanksgiving. I found the exceeding great and precious promises. And the exceeding great and precious promises are in my heart. They're changing my life. They're healing my body. They're restoring my soul. And I'm going to live in a state of thanksgiving. I'm going to abound therein with a thankful heart. 
Let's just raise our hands right now and just say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Another translation says, Let your roots grow down deeply in him and let him build you up on a firm foundation. Be strong in the faith or be strong in the word just as you were taught and always spill over with thankfulness. Amen. Hallelujah. Spilling over, overflowing with thanksgiving. You know, Paul, addressing the church at Ephesus, talked to them about having thankful hearts and about this overflow life. I believe I'm looking at a congregation of people that are in the overflow. Hallelujah. Overflowing with the goodness of God. Overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Paul said this in Ephesians 5.18, Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but rather, instead of that, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, but be being filled with the Spirit. Constantly have infillings and refillings of the Holy Spirit. Then in verse 19, he says, here's how you can do it. You can speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You can even sing and you can make melody in your heart to the Lord. Sometimes when I'm going through the grocery store and I'm, I'm looking for this and I'm looking for that, I've got a, a little song in my heart. And I'm just walking up and down the aisles and maybe just praying very quietly in the Spirit and just in my heart just singing to the Lord and and praising God and thanking Him. Oh, hallelujah. You can You can experience overflow in this fullness of the Spirit wherever you are. It's your decision and it's your choice. So get busy and start rejoicing and be no longer sad, but yea, lift up your hands and be glad. For this is the day and this is the hour of my glory and my power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You know, the Bible says in his temple, Paul, everyone speaks of his glory. Well, we are the temples of the Holy Ghost, but we as a body are also make up a temple of the Holy Ghost. So let's just say glory a few times. Glory. 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 <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Giving thanks, verse 20 says, always... For some things. No, for all things unto God and in the, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's look at Hebrews 13 verse 15. I'm going to look at that in the Amplified. And I'd like us to read it together. Ready, read. Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of our lips that thankfully and acknowledge and confess and glorify His name. This is something that comes from your heart, but it must be out of your mouth with the fruit of your lips. Well, somebody says, I have a praise in my heart. If you've got a praise in your heart and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's going to spill out out of your mouth. Amen? Thessalonians says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 
So in the middle of everything that's going on around you, in the middle of traffic, anybody experience any traffic in the Bay Area? No. No, no, not me. Have you noticed that 880 and 680 and 101 are getting more crowded by the day? I mean, the Bay Area is a very, very pleasant place to live. That's why they're building lofts all over in every square inch of the Bay Area and probably charging people about four or 500000 for about a 900-square-foot deal. But it's busy out there. And every day we have a decision. Whether you're riding BART, whether you're on 880, you know, you can turn the word on in your car. Get yourself some praise music. Amen? I mean, you're going to wait anyway. Is that right? You're going to get in traffic sooner or later, so you might as well make it a pleasant experience and say, glory to God. I'm not going to let this rob my joy. I'm going to stir up the joy of the Lord because it's strengthening me every day of my life. So in the middle of everything, in the middle of everything that is going on around you, give thanks no matter what the circumstances might be. Joyce Meyer said this. She said, there's no happier person than a truly thankful, content person. And so praise and thanksgiving is proper protocol for the believer. Amen? We are not to come before the throne of grace with whining and complaining, but we are to come before the throne of grace with thanksgiving. We looked at it last week in Psalms 100 and verse 4. It tells us to enter the password. Amen. And what is that password? The password is thank you. Making yourselves at home, talking praise, and worshiping him. Amen. Paul, addressing the church at Corinth, said this, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, victory is mine. Victory is yours. Give him praise. Give him glory. The context of 1 Corinthians 15, 57 deals with death, and it deals with the sting of death being removed because Jesus came and destroyed and paralyzed the works of Satan. And so what he's saying, regardless of death, regardless of the law of sin and death that is all around us, even though we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we can thank God for the victory that he's given us already. Amen. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Notice with me in verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. Here's a great verse of scripture. We're going to look at it in the Amplified. It says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ, everyone say, I'm in him. I'm in Christ. And he's in me. Amen. See, a person that is not in Christ can't say this. Because a person that is not in Christ doesn't really know what true victory is all about. So he says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. 
or another way to say it would be, always leads us in victory as trophies of Christ's victory. When you go through something and you get to the other side, you are a trophy of the victory of Jesus Christ. Not only that, but and through our lives spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Notice he didn't say, you know, you're going to win a few, you're going to lose a few. He says, no, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Let's confess that today. I always win. How many of you know that victory has a smell? It is fragrant. There's just something about those that triumph. There is something about Christians that activate his presence in their lives on a daily basis, who stay in the word, who give God praise regardless of what's going on around them and in them. There is a fragrance that comes through those people. We could call it Ode to Victory. Amen. Just like there's a fragrance of victory, there's a fragrance of strife. There's a fragrance of death. I mean, someone that is is not lending themselves and giving themselves to the things of God, they're not really up. They're down. And there is a stench to that. Now, that doesn't mean that we draw away from people like that. What that means is we pray and we believe God because we know that He is the glory and He is the lifter up of people's heads. Amen? Amen. So we understand that there is newness of life in our spirit. Now, for the balance of time that we have today, before we receive communion, I want to talk to you just for a few moments about the connection between thanksgiving and victory. The connection of giving thanks to God before you feel better. The connection between giving thanks to God before you're out of debt. Before the kids get saved. Come on, somebody. Before our nation changes. Amen? There is a connection between us giving of thanks by faith and complete and total victory. The first illustration is Abraham. How many remember Father Abraham? You know, he had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, right arm. Father Abraham had many sons. But Father Abraham didn't always have many sons. There was a time where Father Abraham and Sarah were really hurting. He had the promise of God from the great promise keeper that you are going to become the father of many nations. And in thee shall all nations of the earth be blessed. And temporarily, he took his eyes off the promise and he put it on the maid. And instead of waiting on God, he went into Hagar and they produced an Ishmael. And Ishmael is giving us problems today. But in spite of all that, in the book of Romans, and let's pick it up at verse 17, here's what Abraham did, and here's what you and I can do as it is written. Say, as it is written. Did you know it's important for you to find out what is written? As it is written, 
God says, I've made you a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead. And he calls those things which be not as though they were. Now, Abraham, when all natural hope was gone, he believed and he plugged in to a godly hope, a godly expectation that he might become the father of how many nations? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Now notice verse 20, 19 and 20. Let's read that together. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But here's what he did. He was strong in what? He was strong in faith. And what did he do? Remember our text? Established in faith. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Do you suppose that Abraham had the opportunity to cast away his confidence? Do you suppose that Abraham had to go back to what God said? Do you suppose that he and Sarah had to hear it again and again, maybe in their tent? I believe this with all of my heart, that Abraham grew stronger in faith by the day, and he become greatly more established in faith day to day by giving glory to God. He gave glory to God before Isaac was born. We can give glory to God before the cancer leaves our body. We can give glory to God before the debt is reduced and eliminated. Come on. We can give glory to God even though some days we may feel a little down. Remember, we're walking by faith and not by sight, right? Abraham grew strong in faith. You can grow stronger in faith simply by doing this. Just give him glory. Just give him glory. From the rising of the sun till the going down, praise the mighty name of God. Amen. So he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith as he gave glory to God, and he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. The promise keeper performed what he said to Abraham as he watched over his word to perform it. And the eyes of the Lord were watching Abraham. And God was well pleased with his faith. God was well pleased with his praise. And how many of you know that Isaac was born? Oh, hallelujah. And so we see here that Abraham gave thanks to God before. Now, how many of you remember that one day Jesus was out with his disciples and thousands of people were out there hearing him preach the word oh glory to god think about that thousands of people and it got to be night and his disciples said well you better send them away so they can go into the village and get some victuals victuals is food just send them away you know the day is gone and night's coming just send them away jesus said no i can't send them away i can't send them away fasting So he looked around, and he saw a little boy. And he took the boy's two-piece fish dinner from Long John Silver's. 
And the Bible says that Jesus lifted that up before the throne. And he blessed it. And he gave thanks. Come on, somebody. Notice this. This was before it was multiplied. Oh, hallelujah. And in that atmosphere of blessing and thanksgiving, the two-piece fish dinner, hallelujah, turned into a mega meal for thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Over 5,000 people were fed. I got a question for you today. This might get your attention. How many of you could use some multiplication in your life? Here's a key. Be thankful for what you have. And he will take what is not enough and increase it to more than enough. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Here's what happens. When I am thankful, when we are thankful... He will literally increase our capacity to receive more. Friends, God's got much more strength than you're walking in right now. God's got much more revelation than any of us have. Amen? I'll tell you another thing. He's got much more moolah than any of us have ever seen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's got much more strength. He's got much more health. Whatever you need, he got it. Whatever I need, he's got it. He's got it. And because he's got it, and I can praise him and thank him for the biscuit, I've got it. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, may there be increase of revelation in our souls. Increase of grace, increase of strength and courage in all of our lives. Lord, may we not limit you. Take the limits off. One person said this. When you are grateful, when you can see what you have, you unlock blessings to flow in your life. When you are grateful... With what you have, something happens in the realm of the Spirit. There's an unlocking of blessing in your life. Another person said this, Be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. Goes on to say, If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Never enough. Never enough. When all the time, his name is El Shaddai, and he's God of more than enough. Hallelujah. And he's not withholding any good thing from you and me. All we've got to do is walk up rightly before him, and he will not withhold any good thing. So let's not limit him. Amen? Let's not limit him by our past experiences. Let's not limit him by our education or lack thereof. Let's not limit him from our socioeconomic status right now. We are not 
people of the world. We are people from another world. We are people of another kingdom. Our citizenship is not in earth, but our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. And I believe this. The king of the kingdom is coming soon. I mean, glory to God. Brother sang songs years ago about soon and very soon. What are we going to do? We're going to see the king. That's Andre, right? He also wrote a song called Let the Church Say Amen. I think we could use a few more amens up in here today. <laughs> Let the church. Let the church. Say amen. amen. The king is coming. He's coming for his kings. He's coming for his queens. Amen. He's coming for his family. But before he comes, let's not leave anything on the table. What do you mean by that? God got a table set for you and me. And on this table... There's not only abundance and not only healing, but on this table, there's things for you to do. And there's things for me to do. So before he comes, let's determine in our heart, glory to God, we're going to get it done by the grace of God. We're going to fulfill all the goodwill of God. Now, how many of you remember a guy by the name of Paul and his wife, Silas? Wasn't Silas a woman? No, I'm just joking with you. Paul and Silas were brothers. You know, one preacher years ago started talking about, you know, Paul and his wife Silas. Then he started talking about the apostles and the epistles. But, you know, Paul and Silas, here's a great example of giving thanks before. Giving thanks before the manifestation. Paul and Silas were in the perfect will of God. And they were out just doing the will of God and fulfilling the plan of God. And there came along a little girl that was possessed with the spirit of divination. And she followed Paul and Silas around for many, many days, the Bible says. But one day, the apostle Paul got grieved in his spirit. You ever been grieved in your spirit? And he was grieved in his spirit to the point where the Holy Ghost came upon him. And he demanded that evil spirit to stop and to come out of that young lady. Amen. And guess what happened? She got gloriously delivered. But her masters got extremely upset because she made her masters a lot of money by her soothsaying. And so they saw to it that Paul and Silas were whipped and beat and they were put in stocks and they were placed in a dark prison. You know, dark prisons in those days aren't anything like the prisons of this day. When Brenda and I were in Rome many years ago, we went into the prison, into the place where the Apostle Paul was before that he was martyred. It was a dark, it was a dingy place. But in spite of that, Paul and Silas made a choice. Come on, somebody. In spite of the darkness that you may be going through, in spite of the test 
that you may be experiencing. Hallelujah. You can make a choice to pray. You can make a choice to sing. You can sing in the dark, and if you're singing in the dark by the power of the Holy Ghost, it ain't going to be dark very long. So let's look quickly at Acts 16, verse 25. Oh, glory to God. Acts 16 and verse 25. Hallelujah. I'll read it to you. And at midnight. Midnight's a dark place, isn't it? And at midnight, Paul and Silas, what did they do? They prayed, but they also did what? Don't you know somehow, some way, in those praises, the presence of God flowed out of them and came upon them and something glorious happened. But in the midst of that praise, you know there was some thanksgiving. And the Bible says that the prisoners, they heard them. Here's what happened. When they prayed and they praised, there came a release of God's power and a release of God's presence. I personally believe, and I really can't prove this according to the Word of God, but I personally believe that that presence and that power not only was upon them, but that presence and that power came out of them. Because they were filled with all the fullness of God. And out of their spirit, there was an abundance of thanksgiving coming out. And I believe this, that it permeated the very atmosphere. And they vesebro kande. And the anointing came upon the scene. And the power was released. And the Bible says in the next verse, and suddenly. <laughs> How many of you know that some sudden things can happen when the presence of God comes on the scene? I'm telling you, there was a great earthquake that literally shook that prison. And those guys went out walking and praising God. And even that day, glory to God, the prison guy, the warden, hallelujah, got saved. That's awesome. Now, listen very carefully. Don't take this too lightly. Don't take this message too lightly. Listen very carefully, and let's couple this verse with Philippians 4, 6. The same one who sang praises and prayed in the jailhouse later wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. And even in Philippi, he was in stocks and in bonds. And here's what he did. He addressed them by something that he had experienced. He said in verse 6, he said, First of all, don't you dare let the cares of this life strip you down. Don't let the anxieties of this age bring you down. So be careful for nothing. One translation says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. That means that we should worry about nada. 
So he says, be careful for nothing. Those guys had a great opportunity to be worried over there in that prison. What's going to happen to us? What in the world is going to go on? What are they going to do next? They've already beat us. Are they going to take our heads off? Are they going to crucify us? No. I believe that there was peace in the middle of the prison. He said, be careful for nothing. That's the first order of business. But once you've taken care of that, but in everything, by what? And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, which is a form of prayer, now notice, with thanksgiving or with praise. They sang, they prayed, and they sang. And now he says, don't worry, pray, and with your prayer, offer thanksgiving as you let your requests be made known unto God. What does that look like, Pastor Mark? Here's what it looks like. You're in a midnight situation. You're in the midst of some dark circumstances. Here's what it looks like. Father, I just come before the throne of grace. First of all, I give you praise for this is another day that you've made. And Lord, I thank you that this is an opportunity for me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray. I pray your word. I pray, 1 Peter 2.24, which says, By his stripes I was healed. Or I pray, Philippians 4.19, You said in your word that you would supply all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray, you said in your word that if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, not only would I be saved, but my whole household would be saved. And so I'm just simply, Father, reminding you and returning to you what you've already said in your word. And Lord, I just want to thank you for it. I just want to thank you for it. I just offer the sacrifice of praise. My flesh doesn't feel like praising, but I'm going to praise you anyhow. I'm going to give thanks in the midst of this midnight hour situation. And I'm asking you, let your requests be made known. I'm asking you for healing. I'm asking you for abundance. I'm asking you for my son, for my daughter to be saved. I'm asking it in the name of Jesus. And before it happens, I've just stopped by to say thank you. I give you praise, Lord. I give you glory that is due your name. Listen, there is a spiritual force that connects you to victory. Ushers, come, and we're going to receive communion today. And I'll just read this verse to you as they come. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. Is anybody going through something right now? Anybody going through a difficult situation right now? Raise your hand. Let's all just give thanks to God ahead of time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you the sacrifice of praise this morning. We magnify you, Lord, in spite of it, in spite of it all. Lord, you are always good, and your mercy is everlasting. Lord, we confess in the natural, we may be weakened by circumstances, but you can strengthen us today. We ask for your strength to come upon our lives in a fresh and a very special way. 1 John 5, 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world. Amen.